Turning Point, Episode 7. Any additional burden on them by way of property taxes. We're projecting uh, that ongoing transit ridership losses will keep us at a 60 to 75 percent. He stood next to Mayor Brian Bowman for many of the soon to be former mayor's budget. Can a calm, competent, considerate candidate become Winnipeg's next mayor? Brian Bowman and I are two different people, very different people. Uh, One of the first discussions that I would have as mayor, will have as mayor, is with our CAO to talk about the need for culture change. Someone asked me, well, who would lead the culture change from the mayor's office? I said, I would. That's got to be something the leader leads. It's got to be a change in culture to a yes-first culture. We need to make sure that... Scott Gillingham is certainly in the conversation. I grew up on a farm uh, west of Carmen, and my family's still on the farm there, about 15 minutes west of Carmen, in a community called Rosal, Stephenfield, Rosal. And so my mom and dad are still there on the farm. My sister and her husband and kids are on the farm as well. When you were a kid, when did you start driving on the farm? Uh, on the highway... Uh, at legal, I was it was legal, Richard. I was 16 years old when I got my license, but on the farm, in the field, on the on the country, you know, like the, the farm roads, quite a few years before I was 16, because every you, you had to, everybody pitched in on the farm, and so you're driving the grain truck or the half ton or the, always driving the tractor. And I ask you that because you develop that work ethic pretty early in life, don't you? Really do. I, I remember many times my you know early morning, my dad calling me on a Saturday morning, calling up the room saying. I need you. You, you got to get up. You got to get out to the field, whether it was cultivating or baling or, or doing whatever needed to be done. So, so you're working yeah. the baler when you were what, 12, 13? Yeah, um, probably. Probably in there. Yeah, pro- probably in there. And um, we for, first started on, yeah, 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 probably about 12, 13 years old for sure doing that. Yeah. Then you decide, and you, you're playing hockey, MJHL. Play for a few teams. So before there was the Steinbach Pistons, there was the Steinbach Hawks for a few years. And uh, we weren't a very good team, but boy, we had a lot of fun. And, um, and then I played in Dauphin for a year and then finished in, in Winkler, which was close to home for my last year. The vision was to get the education through hockey? Yeah, that was the goal. You know, then you could... The opportunity to get a, a you know a U.S. scholarship was was on my mind. I was trying to do that, and many of my you know teammates were successful in that. I wasn't, and that's okay. Things things worked out, but made so many friends, learned so much about teamwork, and made so many friends I still have today. He won his first big test in St. James, piloting the Bruce Oak Recovery Center a neighborhood-based treatment facility through very emotional public way. hearings. They should get treatments other than the residential area. Whether it's the Bruce Orp Foundation or AFM or Teen Challenge or indigenous organizations that are providing long-term treatment, the situation is so dire, we, we need to come together and make sure we're working in a coordinated fashion because the need is so great. And we just have to lead with compassion. We have to start there and realize that you know, these are men and women, boys and girls, sons and daughters who are struggling with addiction. And it's not only ruining their lives and jeopardizing their lives, but it's, it's jeopardizing relationships and impacting relationships. And we know this. We know maybe we see addiction on the street. We know it's just not on the street. We know it's in every corner. People struggle with addiction and various addictions in every different strata of the socioeconomic, you know, um, place in life, every different neighborhood in our city, addiction is present. And so we have to work together to help people. I believe that now is the time 
Uh, for a when new Brian Pallister stepped down as premier, the two-term city councilor toyed with running provincially for the progressive conservatives, but wisely stayed out. The party had lost its way. He lost faith. And faith is so very important to Scott Gillingham. He's a pastor by training. In my last year of playing for the Winkler Flyers, I started working at Manitoba Hydro in the summer. Worked there for a few years and made a decision really at the top of a 50-foot pole <laughs> in August when I thought I don't want to do this in January. I made the decision then that, you know, to, to respond to what I felt had been an internal prompting to go to uh, college seminary and become a pastor. Well, isn't that special? So where's the fiery speech-making that you see in so many pastors turned politicians? No, it wasn't an easy decision. I really literally wrestled with that decision and you I'm, I'm really thankful. My family has always been very, very supportive. And a lot of great friends in the congregation I was with was in leadership there was really supportive of, uh, of me kind of wrestling through that and making the decision to, to go into politics. And Richard, I, I, you know, pastoring or faith ministry, so whether it's a church or, you know, people from the Islamic community or Sikh community, you name it, it's, that's service. It, it, we, I felt it was service to others, uh, and I see politics really as service as service to others. You can have flash, and someone who's a disruptor, you can have someone who's got flash, but can you get results? I've got a track record of getting results. I will get results that builds the city of Winnipeg, makes it stronger, makes it healthier, and we'll do it through collaboration, through strong leadership, through holding people accountable, but through collaboration as well. Gillingham has the advantage and the curse of being there for the past eight years and an integral part of the Brian Bowman administration. Yes, he's distanced himself during the campaign, but he does know there's a lot of unfinished business. And front and centre of that, emergency services. I went out with the transit inspectors at the end of April. We went bus shelter to bus shelter first thing in the morning. We came to one bus shelter on Portage Avenue where a man had overdosed. Called 911. The 911 operator said to our transit inspectors, you need to start CPR started CPR on the man. By the time it was done, I looked at this man on the ground that the trans inspector was doing CPR to inside. This is someone's son. But the second thing I realized by the time it was done, Richard, there were 12 City of Winnipeg employees. There was a, uh, a fire truck full of firefighters, an ambulance, an ambulance supervisor, the 911 operator, three transit inspectors and myself. And what that man needed is not any city service. That man needs detox, he needs long-term treatment, he needs health and mental health services. So we have to work as a city in collaboration with the province. I'm committed as mayor. But I why work... hasn't that happened already? You're well, there, why hasn't it happened? Well, we've been talking about, we, we've been working to make it happen. We've been showing the problem. We've been, some of the things have been working. We started an initiative called ARC, where we have a police officer with a mental health worker. Those kind of pilot projects are important. We need to expand those. We've been working on EPIC, where we have emergency paramedics in, in the community. Those are working. We need to continue to do more of that. So we see the green shoots of this, Richard. We have to continue to work in partnership because it's a shared, these are shared challenges. We need shared solutions. We have to do this together. No more silos. I'm committed as mayor to working with whomever the premier is and the government so we can do this together to address the needs we have in the city in partnership. Slowing the growth of police emergency service budgets critical to the next mayor and council. The pandemic raided much of the city's reserves. The next mayor will need to find the money to fuel growth while replenishing those reserves. 
It's a tough sell to a wary voter faced with a 40-year high inflation, higher interest rates that will likely trigger a recession in 2023. Councillor Gillingham has announced the equivalent of a 7.5% property tax increase when you include the frontage fee and the property it's, tax. It's, it's fairly simple. There's revenues and there's expenses. Either, and, and I've been with Share Finance for five and a half years through the pandemic, which was ex very expensive, over $220 million for the pandemic, and then one of the most expensive, uh, you know, snow-clearing winters in, in history. So now's the time to make the investment. We need to raise the revenue. And your competitors are saying that this is a cash grab, that you're not really looking at where to find uh, more savings within the city of Winnipeg, and they're saying that you vote for Gillingham, you're voting for a property and frontage fee increase. How do you respond to that? Right in my platform, you see there's over there's $14 million worth of uh, potential savings I've identified. I will continue to control expenses. I will continue to work hard as mayor to, to reduce costs and make sure that we are running efficient departments. But you, you just can't cut your way to health. You can't starve your way to growth as a city. Now's the time to invest in our city for the sake of our future, to build uh, you know, a stronger Winnipeg. That's why, for example, two of the key investments I'm talking about are Keniston Boulevard, widening Keniston Boulevard and extending Chief Pegasus. Those are trade routes, those move our economy. You, we, we need to make the investments to get our economy going. That means exchanging our, our operating grant with a one- While Gillingham has costed out his promises, there's a certain frustration late in the campaign, former Mayor Glenn Murray, hasn't. I've put out a clear plan and how we're going to pay for the plan. Every mayoral candidate, including Glenn Mary, needs to be honest uh, with Winnipegers about how he'll pay for the promises that he has made to Winnipegers. Right now, the only thing substantial that Glenn has said as far as paying for his promises is he's going to ask the province to pay his bill. That's not credible. That's not a real plan. Um, and I, Winnipegers uh, deserve to know uh, and have before them a credible plan. The, the future of our city is just too important to base it on wishes and hopes and vapor. The future of our city uh, is, is critical. We need to be making decisions that are 10 to 15, 20 years down the road in their implications. My plan and the financing of my plan will do that. This Gillingham campaign, like so many politicians I've known over the years, they live in a bubble. They think people know them. But they don't. Uh, Rana Bokhari, Mayor. Uh, Kevin Smith. It's Kevin Smith. Uh, Glenn Murray. Oh, uh, oh. The one with all the posters outside where I live. The environmentalist, James. Oh, it's not. I don't can't remember his last name. I think that's about it. Murray. Okay. Anybody else? That's it. That's who I'll be voting for. Because he's uh, been here before and seemed to do okay. Glenn Marie. That one I know for sure. And I've seen um, Scott, uh, Scott Gillingham. Those two I know for sure. And had Gillingham spent money early in the campaign getting his name out, this race would have been a whole lot closer. We will find out October 26th if a candidate who's costed out his promises, who by all indications is liked universally by friends and foes in politics, whether that person can earn enough votes to stay at City Hall. Scott Gillingham, where do you envision this city in 20 years from now? 20 years from now, Winnipeg is thriving. 
we are attracting people from all around the world who want to come here, plant roots here, and their children have opportunity to create a life here. And our children that are here are staying here and, and, and planting roots, buying homes, raising their families. Our trade economy is strong. Our manufacturing is strong. People are going to university. We have a modern transit system and more and more people are using the bus. We have a greener city because we've retrofitted many of our buildings and our tree canopy is healthier. And, and there's fewer people struggling with addiction and the crime rates have dropped. And we can do it. We can build that kind of city if we pull together and pool our efforts, our energy, our ingenuity and our resources. We can build that kind of Winnipeg. For Turning Point, I'm 680 CJOB's Richard Kluge. Is this life for living? Oh, ease my mind, ease my mind Tell me I'm forgiving Ease my mind, oh, ease my mind 